this is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 104-inch. On this week's episode, drummer, author, and historian John Bermuda Schwartz once again shares rare clips and insights from Weird Al's career. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. I am so excited. Today's episode marks two full years of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Yeah, this is the last episode of Dave and Ethan's second year. 104 inches. It feels like we just started not that long ago. It is so exciting to think that we reached 104 inches. It seems like only two years ago we launched. I I can't believe it. Yeah, what a great two years it's been. And we have a really big episode planned for this week. And next week, too, with our all-time favorite, John Bermuda Schwartz. Ethan, as you know, Bermuda has been very generous with his contributions to our podcast. Not only has he joined us for several interviews about his career working with Weird Al, but some of his most memorable appearances have also featured rare Weird Al clips from his massive audio archive. And sometimes these clips are from live performances, studio outtakes, hard-to-find audio, or sometimes even world premieres of unreleased audio. Now, for anyone who wants to re-listen to the past Rare Audio episodes, those were episode 27-inch, episode 82-inch, and episode 83-inch. We are very excited to welcome Bermuda back to the podcast again as he shares even more incredible Weird Al clips later this episode and on next week's episode. But before we get to any of that, we have more John Bermuda Schwartz news to share. That's right, Dave. For months, we've been teasing that John Bermuda Schwartz has teamed up with Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast to go page by page, picture by picture, inch by inch through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over, The Lost Photographs of Weird Al Yankovic 1983 to 1986 for a series of bonus episodes. Well, we're excited to announce that the first episode is now available exclusively on patreon.com slash 2000inch for our Patreon supporters. That's right. The first episode in the series, Dave and Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast, Black and White and Weird All Over, bonus episode one centimeter, has been posted over on Patreon. You can join our Patreon today to hear it, Or, you know, just be a cheapskate and wait for us to post it through the free channels eventually. Make sure to grab your copy before you press play so you can follow along with us as we go through the book. Bermuda tells the story behind every photo in the book, so it really helps to have it in front of you while you listen. We'll even tell you when to turn the page. And as we post new black and white and weird all over bonus centimeter episodes, we will always post them first over on patreon.com slash 2000 inch. So make sure you join our Patreon family to hear those new episodes before anyone else. 
Plus, you'll feel really good knowing that you will be supporting the podcast and get access to all the other great perks that being a member of our Patreon family brings. Like helping us celebrate our two-year anniversary in style. That's right! We are one week away from our big, exciting, massive, thrilling two-year anniversary concert with Trevor Strong of the comedy music trio The Arrogant Worms. That big, exciting two-year anniversary concert will be held on Saturday, May 8th, our actual two-year anniversary as a special perk for Patreon supporters and their families. Trevor will be performing some incredible songs, including original Arrogant Worm songs, covers of Weird Al songs, and guess what? He told us he will definitely be covering the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota, so get your twine balls ready to rock! RSVPs are required as slots are limited, so please let us know as soon as possible if you would like to attend. And for anyone who's not yet a Patreon supporter, it's not too late. Join now by visiting patreon.com slash 2000inch for access to this exclusive concert event. Well, we are both very excited to get to these rare Weird Al clips from the audio archives of John Bermuda Schwartz. But first, let's check out what's in this week in Weird Al related news. Just announced, on Thursday, May 13th, Weird Al will be a guest on the live Zoom recording of Gilbert Gottfried's amazing Colossal Podcast. That starts at 8 p.m. Burrito Burrito Time, 5 p.m. Hollywood Star Time on Thursday, May 13th. Ethan and myself both have already picked up our tickets. They start at $15 and are available at NowhereComedyClub.com. And Weird Al was previously a guest on this podcast way back in October 2014. So it sounds like him and Gilbert have a lot to cover. <laughs> I can't wait. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we both know that Weird Al is incredibly funny. And Gilbert, he makes me laugh all the time, too. So I'm really looking forward to this <laughs> live podcast event. Oh, it's going to be a blast. Also in the news, Weird Al uploaded a new video called The Gift to his YouTube and social media accounts. Now about the video, Al wrote, here's my submission for next year's short film Oscar. Now I couldn't help but think while I was watching the video, it really doesn't look like our past guest Sean James was the one to style Al's hair for this video. You know, I immediately noticed that there was something funny about Weird Al's hair, too. I mean, you cannot pull a fast one over on two of the biggest Weird Al fans ever. Absolutely, Dave. Be sure to check out The Gift if you haven't watched it yet. Episode 34-inch guest Chad Kelson, a.k.a. Metal Al, has finally announced the title and release date for his upcoming fourth album of metal covers of Weird Al songs. The parody album as it's called, will be released on Friday, May 7th, and will feature 12 covers of classic Weird Al parodies. Instead of a metal Photoshop of Weird Al cover art, this new album features a hand-drawn parody of the TV album artwork drawn by Metal Al himself. It looks awesome. I cannot wait to check that out. All right, Dave, since we are in the last episode of our second season, I've prepared a little game for us to play. Oh, I love games. So, Dave, would you like to play? Oh, boy, I was born ready to play. Hit me with your best shot. All right. We interviewed David Grant on which episode of Season 2? Episode 87 Inch. What is the pen name of Season 2 guest David Grant? Sebastian Shepard. 
MC Chalkskin is the comedy rap persona of which season two guest? David Grant. Which season two guest has interviewed George R.R. Martin? David Grant. Wow, okay, I better step it up if I'm going to stump you. Bring it on! Who is the main character in the book, The Ruins of Our Past? Paul Squall. What's MC Chalkskin's debut comedy rap album called? Fresh Donuts. Can I borrow five bucks? No. Where can you get more information about The Ruins of Our Past, MC Chalkskin, David Grant, and all of his awesome projects? Wolfandwool.com. All right, let me tabulate the score. Carry the two. Carry the seven. It looks like you got it 27. Percent? Nope. Out of 27. Wow, I love this game. We should play every week. I'm going to celebrate by visiting wolfinwool.com. Ooh, me too. Oh, but first, it sounds like we have received a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave Neath's 2008 Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. All right, cue up that voicemail. Hi, this is Amanda Cohen. Uh, I would like to order two, la- I'm sorry, three large pizzas. Uh, I'll pick them up. Two pepperoni, uh, one with uh, just mushrooms, because, yeah, I like mushrooms. And uh, I really need them fast because I'm going to need them to eat while I'm listening to the podcast. Bye. Well, thanks for the call, Amanda. But I think you're looking for Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch pizza delivery service, a subsidiary of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. We'll have our intern, Frank, pass your order along, but... Amanda, please be more careful dialing next time. Another message. All right, let's hear it. Oh, hey, it's Amanda Cohen again. I just realized I forgot to mention that uh, with my pizzas, I have a coupon for 27 cents off. Do I uh, leave that number here for you or do I give that to uh, the delivery guy? Let me know. Bye-bye. Ooh, sorry, Amanda. It appears that your coupon expired on June 31st, but... No worries. I think you still might be able to save 27 cents with it at Burrito Burrito. This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at Burrito Squared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. From Troy to Uranus, Burrito Burrito is out of this world. All right, Ethan, I cannot wait any longer. Let's check out these rare Weird Al clips. We are absolutely thrilled that for a third time, don't know how this even happened, John Bermuda Schwartz has agreed to come back and share some more of his rare and unheard Weird Al audio. We're so excited to welcome back to the program, John Bermuda Schwartz. How's it going, Bermuda? Well, thank you so much. Everything's going great. I'm looking forward to... uh... Hearing, uh, hearing these again and talking about them and uh, love for the fans to hear them for the first time. And uh, whew, it's good to be back. Yeah. I mean, after the first time, we're like, this can't get any better. And then we had the second time. We're like, this can't get any better. And you just you keep bringing us this amazing audio. Is there just a, a never ending well of this amazing stuff that you're sitting on? Uh- Y- yes. Uh, no, no. This, this is it. I saved the cream of the crop for you. No, you know what? There's there's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's there's quite a bit of, uh, you know, I, I was I was just thinking about, uh, you know, with the release of the book, you know, there's a, Tress McNeil is all over the, 
Ricky chapter, I was thinking, you know what? She never, for having sung the song, she only sang it with us live like twice ever. She didn't ever, yeah. you know, she didn't tour with us or anything like that. We didn't, we weren't using tracks back then, so we couldn't like fly her vocal in. And uh, in fact, we only did it once live in front of an audience with her ever on tour. And uh, uh, the other time was for the Rock Palace TV show. And that was at the beginning, actually, that was for the second album. That was the beginning of the Eat It tour. Uh, and she, she sang that on stage. It was live, but those are the only times she actually uh, uh, sang it. So the recordings of those would be very rare, for example. You know, unless you were one of the 400 people sitting in the bottom line in New York City in May of 1983, uh, you would not have heard her sing with us. So, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I have, I have some things like that. I have Rick Derringer playing Buckingham Blues and, and, you know, stuff like that with us, you know, on stage. You know, that again, unless you were there, uh, that's never been released. So, yeah, there's a couple of, couple of nice things. I feel like actually both of those were in our first one with you. Oh, darn. Well, then <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm done. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Gotta go. See you. <laughs> Yes, you brought clips of those back on episode 27-inch, and you shared those with us. So anyone who wants to hear clips of those, they can go back and listen to Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 27-inch, over on our website, 2000inch.com. Wow. Well, my, my mem- I'm old. My memory's gone. <laughs> I should make a list. Wow. I should, I should keep lists of things. That would be a good idea. <laughs> that would be, be very helpful, I know. And if you want to hear the second time Bermuda joined us, that is back on episode 82-inch uh, to hear all of those great tracks. So now now we're back, and we got a new slew of tracks to listen to. And these first ones, I believe I'd heard before, but it's not something I, I was able to download at the time. So it's really cool to get to hear these again. So let's check out these Weird Al ringtones. Ring! Ring! Ring, ring, ring. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, officially letting you know that, yes, your phone is, in fact, ringing. Your phone's ringing! Hi, this is Weird Al Yankovic, letting you know that Your phone is ringing, 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 your phone is ringing. Hey! (laughs) Those are so awesome. (laughs) Al recorded those back in November of 2006, and I don't know how, he, he did a bunch of them. I'll tell you exactly how many. I don't know how many were released, but he did 27 of them. Of course. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I, I, don't, I feel like there were not 27 that were released. I remember when these came out, I didn't have a cell phone that could actually do ringtones. So I was so disappointed. <laughs> and then by the time I actually got like a, a quote unquote real cell phone, these were no longer available. So this is really cool to get to hear these again. Oh, cool. Well, my pleasure. Well, next time I'll bring out another, uh, I'll bring out the other 23. <laughs> do you know what the story was behind these was uh, I, I assume al was approached by a ringtone company i i guess well it um yeah i assume so uh honestly i don't know uh i don't know so there oh. <laughs> sorry 
I, I don't have that's I mean that's a question for Alice to how those originated. So so these ringtones actually came out uh, a good couple of years before Al's song Ringtone came out. Do you think there was any <laughs> you know connection between the two? Uh apart from the, the word ringtone, um <laughs> I I don't know. You know, um, who knows? Again, a question for Al as to when he wrote the song. You know, he may have written it and just sort of kept it from us for a couple of years. Oh, yeah, true. Do you know any songs that Al's written that, you know, he, he's written years ago and then he just, he you know, brought out for, for an album or something? Yeah, well, he wrote Ringtone when he did. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, not, uh, no, not really. I mean, for the first album, I, I mean, we we were doing stuff that he had sent to Dr. Demento, you know, I miss Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung. I mean, that was obviously not written for the first album that right. was already uh, around. So, you know, for example, there, there were those things. So the first album is, is sort of, you know, all over the place in terms of, you know, anything being brand new. I mean, it was all, it was fairly new to a national audience, but uh, yeah, he had some songs that he'd already been doing for a little while and that we'd already been playing before we even knew there was going to be an album. Right. So <laughs> in that case, yes. In in the case of, there was one, I, I would have to look it up, but there was one song that he had done way back in the 70s with, with a friend of his, Vince Sanchez, and who's the brother of Frank Sanchez, Frank from the Bank Sanchez, who ah. was on the uh, Happy Birthday song on, on the original uh, recording, the Placebo EP. Mm-hmm. So uh, his brother Vince and Al uh, had done a bunch of stuff together and co-written some things and, and you know, sort of sort of had a band, I guess. They weren't really doing anything other than making recordings and hoping Dr. Demento would play them. And <laughs> there was one thing he did that... that the mel- and I can't remember the name of the original, and I can't remember what it became, but it became <laughs> a, a song like, I don't know if it was Nature Trail to Hell or something. Okay. It became one song, you know, that we that we eventually did. So he didn't necessarily have lyrics for it. He didn't have that sitting around, but he had the melody sitting around. Mm. And then that, that got used, you know, I think on the second or third album. I would have to look it up. I've got it written down somewhere as to what song became what other song. Um I should add, also, nothing to do with the audio that I've got, although I do have a copy of it. I have two copies of a song that, uh, a serious song that he and Vince did. I mean, a straight, real, serious song. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and, and it's and it's a nice enough song. You know, it's, it's just, uh, I don't want to give anything away at this point. I would have to get permission to... I think from a lot of people to <laughs> to put it out there, uh, but I mean both Vince and Al and and you know, I mean they would both have to agree to it because you know one and it's not that it's it's a bad thing but it's just so incongruous with what they were both known for. Right. Right. Yeah. And and uh, so it, it's uh, you know a, a lot of things were sort of hashed out in Al's development, you know, with this guy with Vince known as the Incredible Vince. So there. <laughs> Now, before we move on, Bermuda, can you tell us what your personal uh, phone's ringtone is? I I have uh, duck quacks. <laughs> on, on my, and, I'll, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you how that came about. When I first got uh, when I first got an iPhone in 2013, took me a while. Uh, I was we had a bird, we had a, a an English parakeet, like a, a budgie, mm-hmm. and uh, so we we got uh, my wife and I both got new. Uh, iPhones, iPhone 5C. So it was the cheap iPhone. It was, it was uh, better than 
there was there were a couple other models and it was better than the original five but there was an improved five and then this was kind of the budget five okay uh so of course we got we got the budget one the 5c and i was going through and, and programming and listening to the different ringtones that were available and I'm, I'm scrolling through and there's all these music and sound effects and whatever and i got to the one where it was a duck quacking and the bird went nuts <laughs> where the duck quack started playing and i thought oh great okay that's not gonna be my, ring, my ringtone so the bird passed away some years ago but the ringtone lives on wow <laughs> so literally literally a little birdie told me yes that that was the ringtone <laughs> oh i love it did the bird continue to react to that ringtone the same way every time the phone rang or is it just that one time no, I think so. I think it really just irked him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if I went and just played it for him just because. Right. <laughs> but he was he was the one that helped me pick that. Oh, that's so cute. Wow. I wonder if it's some other bird he knew. Right. In the past uh, life or something. It could be. He may have known the bird that recorded the, the animal that recorded that. Hey, that's funny. That's that's. <laughs> That's funny that that a you know a bird would recognize a, like a completely weird other bird tone. Right. That it'd be like a dog recognizing a a, a lion's roar right, or something. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, or yeah. Anyway. And did your bird ever imitate the quacks? No, although it did learn to say things. Yeah. It learned to say like really bizarre stuff, and it's funny because <laughs> whenever we tried to teach him something, you know, he wouldn't ever pick it up. We'd we'd repeat stuff to him and. You know, just, you know, over and over and over. And he would never get it, but he would pick up things that we would say in passing, you okay. know, like conversational yeah. things, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, like we'd want to know where the dog is, you know, had he gone in the bedroom and is he on the bed, you know, where's Nigel? And they were going, where's Nigel? <laughs> so, oh, that's so cool. And then, and then we'd say, you know, where's Nigel? And then the other one would say, you know, let me guess, you know, he's on the bed. Where's Nigel? Let me guess. <laughs> And he talked like that. He talked like a little parrot. I'm Papa Dom. What's your? His name was Papa Dom. Papa Dom is a is an Indian uh, East Indian uh, a cracker made from lentils. Oh, it's, you know, like a it's a cracker. And uh, so we named him Papa Dom. I'm Papa Dom. What's your name? I think we did. I think we did teach him to say that. Yeah. You know, just for guests. But anything else we tried to make him say, you know, just by repeating it, he would never pick it up. But he, he would just pick up things in passing. And sometimes he would just jabber. Yeah. Anyway, that's a good sound. I'm going to keep that little sound effect. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can make it your ringtone one day. Right. Oh, yeah. If I could figure out how to get it on the phone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's exciting. I hope one day we do get to hear the other 23 ringtones that exist out there. Oh, I've, I've got them. Don't worry about that. They're, they're here. They're safe. They're archived five different ways. All right. So our next clip that you brought along is something that people have heard before, but maybe not in this context. This is an isolated clip from a song back in 1984. Let's listen to it right now. That's right, Al. You lost. And let me tell you what you didn't win. A 20-volume set of the Encyclopedia International, a case of turtle wax, and a year's supply of rice the San Francisco treat. But that's not all. Oh, I guess that was all. <laughs> that, that, was, uh, that was the Don Pardo voiceover used in uh, I Lost on Jeopardy. 
and that was uh, very kind of him to record that. I don't have a, an actual outtake from that. I think, I think it was produced on his end because there's actually a little edit in there. Uh, mm. You can't hear it in the record, but I mean, there's technically, you know, it was it was edited by the time we got it, maybe for time purposes or whatever, and that was all that was sent to us, and uh, which tells me he was very meticulous about what gets out there, and and uh, of course so is Al. Right. But that's the actual. Uh, uh, bite that was used in the record, and we also use, we also have a video of him doing that. I mean, I, I guess it came from the video. I guess they shot video at the same time, and that was used when we would play "I Lost on Jeopardy" in concert. That was run behind us. The film of that was run behind us uh, for wow. that portion of the song, which meant that we had to play in time, which is not a big deal. But we had to <laughs> we had to like really watch our tempo on it, you know, and, and make and not only. You know, and that's just to have it time out to be like it was in the record. But that also depended on the guy starting the film or the video about him cueing it on time. And so if he cued it early, you know, it kind of didn't sound right or messed us up. Or if he cued it late, we had to go a little bit longer to wait till Don finished. Wow. So oh. it was it was pretty, uh, you know, there were some times where where it was just it was a little out of time, but not through our fault. I mean, it was it was a user error. Operator error. So that was always a little <laughs> tricky to make that work. But that was one kind of cool thing. Um, you know, somewhere I've got the actual video of him doing that. Now, you mentioned in the audio clip that there was an edit. Is the same edit in the video? Is it the same clip in both the audio and the video? I, I would have to listen, but I would assume so. Because it sounds, it sounds the same. <laughs> you know, the, the, his inflection sounds the same. Although you know, maybe Don was just extremely consistent. <laughs> but the inflection sounded the same. I mean, it was it would have been shot and recorded at the same time because the intention we used it in the video, so it wasn't just something done as an afterthought for the tour. I mean, that was actually done with the video in mind. Uh, so obviously, we knew, you know, when it came time to record the song that that was going to be a single. Um, you know, I think that was the second single on the album. You know, Eat It was first, and then mm -hmm. and then Jeopardy was second. Yep. Uh, so Al Al would have known that uh, at the time, and and I would guess. Uh, you know what? I would have to watch it and see, but I'll bet I'll bet it's in there. I'll bet that edit is is in there. I'm curious about you know the actual playing the video while you guys are performing live. Is that still someone hitting a button, or is that something that's you know programmed in some way? No, that's that would still be hitting a button. You know, at the time we were doing it, we weren't locked into a, a server, which meant that I would play to a click. I would play to you know something that would keep us in time and that would trigger that at the right time. Uh, that was, I don't think that was ever done. I don't think it was ever flown in that way. Uh, it was always, it was always a cue because every time we played the song, we played it without any kind of a click or a track or anything. Uh, mm. It was always on the fly. And tempos, you know, tempos vary a little bit, you know, depending at what time of the show, you know, it is and how tired we are or, you know, if it's the fifth show of a five show run right. and, you know, everyone's a little tired and, you know, mm. or if Al is rushing or dragging or if I'm rushing or dragging. You know, and but all that aside, you know, the, the clip still had to start at exactly the right moment. I mean, there's a specific beat where the clip has to start, and somebody, yes, pushes a button, and you know, has it queued up. And uh, the, I think there was a point where it was a digital file, but originally it was literally on a projector. Wow. And yeah, and, wow. Uh, a 16 mill. It was 16 millimeter film. That's how we did our our video, our you know, films. Back in 83, 84, 85, maybe, 87. That was all film. And uh, 
I guess there had to have been a, a splicing kit out on the road, you know, in case in, in case it broke, you know, somebody had to splice it. Um, but it was a physical film with with an audio track on it, so you can imagine how bad that sounded. It was an optical audio track, not even <laughs> right. magnetic. <laughs> right. And uh, that was, you know, that meant queuing it up, which the way they queued that up with the projector so that it didn't show on the screen while they're running it and queuing it, they would hold a card up in front of the lens, in front of the, pro- the projector lens, so they could see where where it was at, where, where the, uh, it actually started. And then they would, like, back it up, you know, a, a few frames or something so it could get up to speed <laughs> and then they would take the card down and and you know then so when they started it so they didn't like they didn't have to cue it while watching it on the screen right you know because everyone would see it that'd be a little bit of a giveaway uh so they had we had all sorts of workarounds for things you know back in the days before yeah. digital and uh but but as as long as we ever did that particular song with that uh film clip in it that had to be done by hand uh one way or another it was just a question of how well it queued up and how well the operator you know hit it you know and that's one of the advantages of having uh a sound man travel or, or a, a the guy doing the lights i think usually handled that mm-hmm. of having our own crew yeah you know the very first tour we had different people every night you know there wasn't much of a show to learn you know we just sort of played songs there were not really any cues if a few seconds went by and there was dead air it wasn't the end of the world you know, things got much tighter and we had a crew that was consistent and the shows became consistent. And that's the beauty of the show is it's, it's a very tight, well-run, you know, you don't, you're not sitting there even for, you know, two or three seconds in the dark wondering what's supposed to be (laughs) happening. It's just, it's just nonstop and, and everything is timed out right. Except the Jeopardy clip. (laughs) You know, just (laughs) once in a while that, that was not quite on. But again, not being on a track or anything, we had the luxury of we needed to play an extra couple of bars, you know, to to cover for that. And then we would know to come back in when, you know, when Al would start singing the pickup to the, to the line, we would know that was when we were back on track, you know, back on with, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, with where we were supposed to be. So... But anyway, that's that's a little bit of Don Pardo's uh, voiceover, and uh, you know you can hear why he worked a lot. Yeah. Know, why he was you know he was an announcer for <laughs> yeah. many 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 shows. You know, of course, is is well known for Saturday Night Live, but he did he did a lot of stuff, and he he was the original uh, Jeopardy announcer with Art Fleming as host, and he was. But you never saw him, you never saw Don, hmm. like you never you rarely see announcers on shows now. Right. I think on on uh, The Price Is Right. You know, Bob right. Barker and Drew Carey, you know, they would reference, and I can't, I don't know if it's Johnny Gilbert or who does that, but, you know, they would reference him and the camera would cut over and you would see him, you know, doing the announce, <laughs> right. you know, which is kind of cool, you know, a little bit of a behind the scenes kind of a thing. Uh, but no one had ever seen Don Pardo. And uh, this this may have been the first time for a lot of people. That's so great. I, I, I love that. Yeah, so I just want to confirm something you said earlier. You said that Don Pardo sent you his clip separately, so he wasn't actually on the set for uh, the filming of I Lost on Jeopardy music video? Not not that I remember. No, no, he wasn't there. Okay. He was based, he was based in New York. Mm. Uh, he, you know, nobody would have flown him out to L.A. to do that, and he definitely, now Art Fleming was there, uh, but, but Don Pardo was not, and I know that because I was there the whole day. I have pictures, and Don is not in one of them. So, <laughs> there, you, there you. I have I have proof that he wasn't there because I don't have a picture of him. And it, and if he was, there certainly would have been a picture, and they would have been in color anyway. But there certainly would have been a picture of him and uh, Art and Al 
yeah. had he been there. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I, that would have been okay. a great photo op. So by reason of deduction, no, he was not there. <laughs> Interesting. Does that happen often in music videos where somebody will send you their piece separately and it'll be edited in, or are usually the people, the guests, the the guest stars that show up in the video, are they usually there in person? Um, they're normally there. I mean, uh, you know, Robert Goulet was on the set of uh, You Don't Love Me Anymore, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, even though I don't think you see him pictured with Al or any of us, you know, he was there. I mean, I, I have, I'm sure I have pictures of him. <laughs> That's ironic. I have, I have color shots of that video right. that was in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have the color version of that. Uh, I, I'm, t- you know, obviously Dick Van Patten was, was on the set of uh, Nirvana. Sure. Uh, he was on the set for uh, uh, Bedrock Anthem. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who else was in the videos. Obviously, Greg Ken was was there at the Jeopardy video. That was the. I'm trying to, to to go back to the place we shot the video and get a picture of those doors that Al was thrown out of, and a picture of the alley that Greg drove down. You know, with <laughs> Al in the back seat, and yeah. and I, I'm pretty sure where the studio is. It's not a, a studio anymore. I don't know if the doors are still there. I'm trying to get... I'll, I'll get there one day, and I'll do like a side-by-side picture of, of from the video and then also what it is today. I would love I'm, to see I'm that. I'm pretty sure I know I know where it is. That's so awesome. Uh, That'd be very cool. You know, it's it's funny, and unfor- unfortunately, and this, this harkens to my incomplete information for the Ricky video and even the Rocky Road video, I don't have the call sheets, you know, the, the information sheets, on those things. So I don't have a sheet mm. that tells the location, that tells who the, the cameraman is, that tells who the makeup guy, you know, with, with their phone numbers, who's doing catering, people's call times, you know, when they're due in, which was basically, you know, seven in the morning or something. I don't have those for those videos. I have them for almost every other video, but not for those two. And that's why in, in, that, in the Ricky chapter, I know the kid, the little, little Ricky's name was Sasha, and I don't have his last name. Hmm. And, and, and of course I went to Jay, you know, who was, now he wasn't directing the video, but I thought maybe, you know, maybe he was keeping, nope, he didn't have it. Al didn't have it. Uh, I couldn't reach Janet Greek at all. Uh, you know, Ethan, you helped me get back in touch with Drawer, which was great. Uh, you know, after, after the chapter was written, of course. <laughs> Uh, well, if you asked, you know, if you get, asked us earlier, we would have helped. <laughs> well, I, did, did you have his info back in January? I mean, this is when I wrote all that stuff. We could have figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wrote him. I, I sent a message via his website, I thought. And, uh, oh, well. So, but that gives me, that gives me a little bit more, uh, like I learned a little bit more from him uh, about the Rocky Road video. And that gives me a little bit more to add. Uh, you know, if we update the chapters for a re-release or to just talk about, you know, when we when we uh, go through the book. Cool. So anyway, I just I, I digressed. Sorry. So, Bermuda, you brought us a couple of these really great unused takes from songs. And I'd like to play us the first one. So let's check this out. Hoyo! You want that? Is that too raspy? Okay. Hoyo! Hoyo! Yeah, I know I'm doing that that Y sound too fast, aren't I? I'm kind of skidding over that, aren't I? Yeah. I feel like an idiot in here, you know that? And now, ladies and gentlemen. Last five years he's been doing ladies and gentlemen, you know. We rolling? And now, ladies and gentlemen. Here's Johnny! (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, what can you tell us about that clip? Well, John Rourke uh, was a was a voice actor. He was also on Fridays. Uh, he was one of the guys on Fridays, uh, along with Michael Richards. That's that's where oh, okay. yeah. Al sort of uh, you know knew who Michael Richards hmm. was. So John Rourke was uh, uh, was one of the guys on that show, and uh, he did a lot of voices. And and and, and all these uh, he did some Johnny Carson lines also. I, I don't know if he was supposed to or if he was just being funny, uh, but he he did uh, some Johnny lines, and uh, you know there's there's a couple of minutes of him doing stuff and then it was all just dropped in and uh i that that's it i was not there there that day this was a cassette i got from uh, al at a later time hmm. but uh it was uh, and and i i will tell you that that uh you know it, he he said a couple of dicey words which i did not include <laughs> but he was just he was just he was just being funny yeah and uh and just sort of saying stuff and uh you know it's like it's like the thing, you know, you know, on The Simpsons where Krusty the Clown comes in, you know, step, steps in front of the mic, he goes, hey, 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 you know, and then, and then, you know, the waves goodbye and then leaves, you know, so he just came and did his thing and took off yeah, uh, pretty quick. But yeah, John Rourke, and I, I believe he's still alive, uh, which is nice after 34 years since he did that. That was for, uh, here's Johnny, obviously, on uh, the Polka Party LP. You said you weren't there when when these guest vocalists come in for something like this. Is Al usually always in the room for those? Uh, he's in the control room. He would be. Yeah. So all of the things that you know, where where you're hearing what uh, what John was saying is that that was going to tape. Tape obviously tape was rolling at that time, and and uh, so Al would have been in the control room, mm-hmm. and uh, that I mean that's typically how it is. Uh, you know, because Al, even though Al was technically not the producer, Rick Derringer was producing the records at that time, uh, Al was still very much in control. Al knew what he wanted it to be, you know, so it's not something where, where uh, you know, John Rourke came in and worked with Rick necessarily. Right. I mean, Rick may or may not have actually been there. I mean, Rick is there for the tracks, of course, and he's there for the mixes, but some of the overdubs and things like that, or, or the little bits like this, mm-hmm. it may have been a separate thing. It may have been earlier in the day, uh, you know, before Rick got there. Uh, I don't know. So, yes, uh, John Rourke was would have been talking to Al, who was in the control room, and you don't hear uh, Al's voice because this is just John's track. Right. This is just what what right. John was doing. So Al's didn't leak into it. Oh, very cool. It was very cool. Get to hear that unused take from "Here's Johnny," and you brought another unused take as well. And so let's play that one right now. I've fallen and I can't get up. I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's a commercial for uh, that was for a uh, they're they're using it now for Life Alert, which is a a remote push button you know nine uh, eleven kind of a device for right. you know aimed at at senior citizens. You know I've I've fallen I can't get up, and uh, and this was the original lady who who did that commercial, and it wasn't Life Alert at the time, but it was you know the company that started that, and. And uh, that was one of those ubiquitous lines, just those wacky lines that everyone went around <laughs> saying, sort of like, where's the beef? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. from Clara, Clara Peller was famous for saying, where's the beef, you know, in the Wendy's ad. <laughs> uh, well, this was Edith Four, F-O-R-E. She did, those are two examples. She did nine takes of that. This was like uh, November, December of 1990 or something like that. And 
she did nine takes, and not one of them sounded like the TV ad. I mean, really, I mean, not, oh, no. not exactly like Al, like Al would demand. Right. You know, this was not the first album. This was, you know, an important album. So I, I think they just grabbed, you know, since she'd come in and, and recorded stuff and got paid for it anyway, I think they just grabbed the line off a TV commercial since that had exactly the right vibe. And I think... I think that's the one that you hear on the record is from the actual commercial. Oh wow! <laughs> now, if any of if any of Sony's lawyers are listening, that's not true. Right. <laughs> but for the fans out there, and for the Edith Four estate, you know, and she, I will add again, she got paid to you know to record those things, so right. she got her money twice. <laughs> but we, I, I'm pretty sure we reverted to the to the uh, TV ad version because, as you heard, you know, those two didn't sound right. <laughs> They don't. They didn't sound like the commercial right. or like the record or any of that stuff. And and you know she did nine of those and and couldn't quite, you know, with Al, you know, ninety nine percent is not good enough. Right. You know, it's got to be a hundred percent. I just I, I can't believe you know Al goes through all the trouble to get the actual woman from the commercial and she can't do the line. <laughs> well, it may it was it was sometime I guess after she had done the commercial. Okay. Okay. Um, you know she's she's an older woman. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, she, I'm sure she didn't go around saying that line in the year or two or five in between she, re, you know, did the commercial. And uh, to come back, well, like um, like uh, Mark Knopfler coming and playing uh, on Money for Nothing, for example. You know, uh, you know he, he recorded that five years after he recorded his original and oh, wasn't yeah. quite... Quite the same. However, we did use that. We didn't right. go back to the record and, and, and steal it off the original record. Man, it'd be really great if one day you'd finally let us listen to Jim West playing on Money for Nothing, Beverly Hillbillies. Well, we'll, we'll see. One day. One day. We'll see. I know. How about later today? Oh, okay. I'll, I'll dig it out. I'll, I'll, fi- I'll find it. I've got it right. around here somewhere. I'll, I'll find it and, and we'll, we'll get to that later. And, of course, that clip of Edith for the I've Fallen and I Can't Get Up is from I Can't Watch This on the Off the Deep End album. And we have one last outtake here that is really great. I'm excited to play this one. Let's check it out. Bien. Buenas noches, señor, y bienvenido a Enrico's Casa de Salsa. Tenemos muchos platos muy sabrosos. Si puedo recomendar la especialidad de la casa, el ardiente pollo al infierno, muy delicioso. Sus ojos se quemarán, su estómago estará en fuego. Se quedarán en el baño por una semana. ¿Entiendes lo que digo, gringo? ¿Entiendes? ¿Entiendes? ¿Entiendes lo que digo, gringo estúpido, tonto? ¿Qué tonto? Tonto is like a Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. So Cheech Marin from Cheech and Chong. How uh, great. Came in and did that. He did like ten takes. Wow. And they were all wow. they that was maybe the only one that wasn't really complete. They were all pretty good, yeah. you know, and, and of course the timing has to be just right. So it's you know, he did several takes, but they all sounded really, really funny. But he would say some pretty funny stuff in between, like, you know, like, like Tonto, you know, which is, you know, like Lone Ranger and Tonto. I mean, that's, that means, right. you know, I, in, in Spanish, that's, that's slang for dummy, you know, right. so, <laughs> but the way Cheech says it, Tonto, Tonto, you know, he's. <laughs> oh, wow. And were you in the studio for that one? Uh. No, I, I, I was not there. I was not there for that. I say right up to the end, it almost sounded like it was the track off of the album until, you know, that little part where he 
couldn't remember what word to say. So <laughs> I got to imagine the other ones, do they all pretty much sound like the album or are there some that are different than the album? No, they're, they're a lot closer to the album. That's the only one I think where he sort of stumbled. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was reading through, I, I don't want to say he doesn't speak Spanish, but I, I don't believe he speaks it very fluently. I mean, he had to, you know, really sit down with the script and, and go through the words. I mean, he's got the right accent and all mm-hmm. that, but I, I don't think he's extremely fluent. So he just, he didn't just rattle right through it. That's why he sort of got stuck at the end, you know, uh, reading it. It was it just, it was, you know, just some of these words he doesn't use a lot, I guess. Um, but the the other takes, the other nine or so takes sounded, sounded really good. I think I've got, I know which one got used. I mean, I've got it written down. Uh, but the, the funny stuff is what he would send, what he would say in between the takes. Right. You know, if, right. Al, if Al had a suggestion or something or, or, you know, there was one point, you know, where he had done it and I guess he thought it was really, really good. He says, okay, thank you. Boy, it's been a real slice. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny, funny stuff, you know. You know, so, I mean, that's the beauty of all of these things is what, you know, like what John Rourke, you know, when he was doing Ed McMahon, you know, it's, it's not him doing Ed, it's the things he says in between right. that, that are, you know, worth listening to, you know, and, and the same with Cheech. Yeah. You know, at some point, at some point, maybe I'll drag out a bunch of these and, uh, you can hear how he goes from one to the other and uh, and the kind of stuff he's saying again yeah. to you know to Al in the control room. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so we have one more clip from the studio and this one is off of the Bad Hair Day album. So let's listen to that one right now. Now, what is this for me? Sounds like someone dialing a number. <laughs> what can you tell us about that clip? Well, somebody who's... Uh, Calling uh, uh, Chicken Delight, I think, to get uh, some food in, maybe. <laughs> now, that was, that was, let's see, da, 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 da. that's 3725806. How do you know that? Oh, because I, 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 you know, I have a perfect telephone pitch. Also, I, I, uh, I, I wrote it down. Oh. No, actually, I know, I know what number that is because, well, Al, Al played that and, uh, and, uh, I think, in, you know, instead of trying to figure out what tones would make sort of a interesting little melody in the context of the song, you know, instead of just like completely random weird tones, he wanted it to be a little musical. And I guess he was going through some phone numbers that he knew. And uh, that's not my phone number at the time. Uh, it wasn't his phone number. It was not Steve J's phone number. <laughs> That was Jim West's home phone. Wow. At the time. 3725806. That is not folks do not dial that number. It's not him. Well, you can call it. It's not him though. That's that's not that's not his number anymore. But that was, you know, in, in going through phone numbers, you know, to just have like, you know, just to take a chance so he didn't have to think about it, you know, he would go through numbers that he knew. And that one, you know, musically seemed to fit. So that's that's what happened. That's incredible. <laughs> that that three seven two five eight zero six. That was the actual number that was used on the phony calls track. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that's actually that's from that's the the recording of the phone that was used in the track. Wow. I've got everything. I got all these little secret you know <laughs> things. I don't think. I mean, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, or Bermuda, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that's ever been revealed. You know what those numbers were before. Is this uh, an exclusive right here? That is an exclusive. Wow. It's first time, wow. and, and uh, you know, Jim's probably going to call me up and go, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Re- 
relax, Jim. Relax. You know, have have some poi. Have some macadamia nuts. Relax here. You know, it's, it's okay. Chill. Oh, you give away my phone number. It's not your phone number anymore, Jim. It's okay. You have some have some rum or Kahlua or something. What are they drinking in Hawaii? I, I just think it's anyway. it's so incredible that that for 24 years we've been hearing this song and had no idea that there was this amazing Easter egg hidden in this song. I mean, I, it just makes me wonder how many other Easter eggs do we just have no idea about? I am all about cracking open these Easter eggs. <laughs> but that was the last one. Okay. No, you know what? There's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little sly things mm-hmm. going on. Of course. A lot of little secret, mm. secret stuff, you know, year, year by year, you know, we'll, we'll let out a, a new thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> now did anyone ever figure out that it was jim's number like you know because i guess the tones you could figure it out i mean they each have a unique tone it did jim ever get any strange phone calls not that i know of no. <laughs> i don't think anybody at that time really was was able to extract the tones and and really match them yeah uh, in order to figure out what it was much less and that that's just the seven digit number i mean there's no area code you really don't know right what that is i mean you might think well al lives in los angeles so it's going to be a 213 area code or a or a 310 or an 818 you know at that time and you know somebody would have had to they would have had to listen extremely carefully right and they they would have had to have been able to match it and be able to you know assign the right area code and you know it's possible they could have figured it out but uh, i'm not aware that anyone did and and uh, sadly, it's too late now. Right. <laughs> now, for those who are interested, Jim's new phone number is, is 424, <laughs> which sounds like... <laughs> Another exclusive here on Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Wow. All right, everyone. Give him a call. <laughs> so if anyone wants to... Find out more information about Jim or order his new record. Uh, there you go. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I'm getting a call from Jim's lawyer. Hang on. <laughs> that's, a, that's okay. I'll, I'll call him back. It's, prob- it's probably not important. Right. Okay. I love that Al actually used a real phone number in phony calls and not like the 555-5555 number that always shows up on like movies and 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 TV shows and stuff. I love that there's an actual number in there. I never even thought to think to try to figure out what those uh, tones were on phony calls, but I do love that it's an actual number. Well, and that's and that's the beauty of this is nobody nobody ever did know, you know, I mean, it's obviously seven digits, but uh yeah, it was it was a real number. And uh, again, as far as I know, no one, no one ever bothered Jim, and I don't think Al ever mentioned it, and uh, I don't think I've ever told anyone before today. So did Jim know? You heard it here first. Uh, oh, certainly he knew. He did. Okay. Well, I, uh, I, I don't. You know what? Let's call. Yeah, him. I, I don't know. I'll ask him. What's his, what's his number? Three seven two five eight zero six. Let's see. What? Jim? Jim's not there. Okay. Sorry. No. Okay. No, I think I think it's at some point I'm I'm sure Al told him that, that yeah. you know he had put his phone number in there but don't worry nobody's going to be able to hear it that clearly and nobody will ever call you so and Jim Jim bought that so right. <laughs> All right we have to stop it right there but don't worry you can hear the second half next week on episode 105 inch or if you're a time traveler go 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 listen now go 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 I am still blown away 
by all those clips, especially the fact that the phone call Easter egg has been under our noses and ears and fingers for all these years. Now, we are inspired by that Easter egg, and let's just say this episode was not the first time listeners of our podcast heard that clip. That's right. Oh boy, an Easter egg hunt. On the second half of our interview with Bermuda, well, let's just say we saved the best for last. You are not going to want to miss all the excitement and premieres on next week's episode. While you're talking about next week's episode, I want to talk about this week's episode and how it's Brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also shrubby. Did you know that Darwin, Minnesota is home to creative landscaping? Wow! Creative landscaping offers such diverse landscaping services, including hedge and shrub planting, hedge and shrub trimming, and hedges and shrubs. Creative Landscaping offers pretty much any landscaping service you could possibly want, but the one thing that they absolutely will not do is cut your grass. Cut your own grass! And according to the picture on their Facebook page, Creative Landscaping has a sign out front that says, Every 27th customer gets a ball-peen hammer free! Wait, really? No. It actually says, featuring Wild Things Are Us. And you know that they are creative because the R is backwards. And, well, you also know they're creative because they don't mind including a word crime on their public-facing sign. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin more than just a twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each week, we're able to bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito, Angel Valenzuela and his son David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant, and our amazing close personal friend, Patreon supporters, Zeb, Allison, Blair, Jared, Javier, Jeff, Kenneth, and Mark. We also give thanks to Summer and everyone else in our Patreon family. Revenue from our incredible supporters on Patreon.com slash 2000inch allows us to continue doing what we love, which is making fantastically fun, funny, family, feline, and Fido-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. And remember, Patreon supporters, let us know if you'll be at our two-year anniversary concert starring Trevor Strong of the Arrogant Worms on Saturday, May 8th. If you're not a Patreon supporter yet and you want to attend, be sure to sign up now and reserve your spot. And remember, right now, Patreon supporters can check out the black and white and we're all over bonus episode one centimeter the first episode in our special book series where we sit down with John Bermuda Swartz and go page by page, picture by picture, inch by inch through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Patreon supporters get to hear every single bonus episode early, so there's yet one more reason to join our Patreon family. Hmm, but are you looking for another way to support the podcast? Well, you're in luck because you can head over to shop.2000inch.com for official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise, including t-shirts, tote bags, tank tops, mugs, face masks, pillows, and so much more. 
and make sure you wash out any Twinkie Wiener sandwich stains from your merchandise before our big anniversary concert on May 8th. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com where you can find information about our guests and listen to past episodes like episode 27inch episode 82 inch and episode 83 inch where this week's guest john bermuda swartz previously shared other rare weird owl clips from his extensive audio archives be sure to join our facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content and Make sure you are following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 2000inch and at youtube.2000inch.com. Be sure to share our posts and tell your friends to gill and chill. Now let me tell you, we love it when you leave us voicemail via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347-SPATULA. You might even hear your message on the air, even if you just order a pizza or something. You can catch our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Whichever you choose, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you do not miss a single episode. New full-length episodes drop every Wednesday. And attention, cheapskates, black and white and weird all over, bonus centimeter episodes will be dropping eventually. Thank you once again to this week's guest, John Bermuda Swartz, as well as Amanda Cohen and the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible theme song. Thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who made this episode and the past two years of this podcast possible. Next week, catch the finale of this week's interview with John Bermuda Schwartz as he premieres some more pretty stinking majestic, rare, and unreleased Weird Al audio. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, episode 104 Inch. I'm falling and I can't get up. So literally, literally, a little birdie told me.